NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, Pat, and hello, NEI Hoops Nation. Uh, welcome to our national tournament preview show. Uh, this is always uh, one of our, our more fun ones, and uh, uh, it'll be a long one, so uh, buckle in. But uh, it, it's well worth the information we're about to give you and uh, the breakdowns. Uh, um, Pat, I know you joined us last year. This is, the, I believe, your first uh, show you did with us last year, so uh, you're going to be no stranger to it. But uh, uh, absolutely uh, a fun time of year, and, and you know, no matter uh, uh, what the structure of the tournament is, you know, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, right. It's the most magical time of the year, right? We're we're going to see some team out of this group of 64 make a deep run that nobody ever thought was going to happen. We saw it last year. You see it every year at every level. So excited to find out who that's going to be this year. And yeah, obviously just ready to get it rolling, ready to get things kicked off here. Yeah, and to your point, you know, we, we kind of had some teams we thought could have made that run. You know, I, I thought uh, uh, Cornerstone with Christian Rodriguez was uh, was the one that we could see a Trevian Cruz type of uh, performance uh, at the national tournament. Um, unfortunately, you know, those are the teams that didn't get in uh, off the bubble. So uh, that won't be happening. But, uh, um, you know, it's just a, one of those years, time of the year, you know, we, we mentioned on the last episode that a lot of careers have already come to an end. Uh, we do have some careers that will be coming to an end as, as this time of year, it's, it's winter go home. So uh, you don't have you don't have time to mess around. You and really, you don't have time to, to really play bad basketball. You know, a, a bad half can, can absolutely uh, kill you uh, in this tournament. So um, as we kind of get going, though, uh, we'll jump right into the Naismith Quadrant. Um, you know, it's a, it, it is a interesting grouping because Loyola, who's been so good all year long, um, this, is a, this is a grouping that finishes or that features eight tournament champions out of the, out of the 16 teams in this quadrant. So that are all hot you got teams that are, are uh, winning a lot of games coming into this tournament uh but yeah we're gonna have the one seed uh, Loyola hosting uh in in new orleans uh, they're gonna host uh, venue mesa um, and then evangel and florida college the eight nine seed wasby in new orleans uh we're gonna have the five twelve, 12 uh and we'll probably talk about a lot about this game uh in georgetown versus huntington uh and then faulkner and florida memorial round up the montgomery uh quad, or the pod there uh and then the caldwell idaho college of idaho will be hosting the pod with uh, number six, Ottawa, 11, UT Southern. Uh, then College of Idaho will be hosting Vanguard uh, in that other matchup in that pod. Uh, rounding it up, uh, we're going to be uh, out in Illinois. It's going to be uh, number seven, Grace, versus 10, Gr- Cumberlands. Uh, and then we're going to fi- finish up with uh, all of it, Nazarene, uh, hosting Lord. So, uh, yeah, Pat, uh, I mean, just going through that that bracket, uh, and like we mentioned, you know, you got eight uh, tournament champions in Loyola, Florida College. Um, you got Florida Memorial team uh, that won the Sun, Ottawa, Arizona. Uh, you got College of Idaho, Grace, all of it, Nazarene, the Lords, all uh, all tournament champions, and in, in all in one uh, bracket here. So, um, <laughs> one of those where you, you know Loyola is probably the favorite. Uh, but, uh, you know, as you're looking down at matchups wise, and this, this is probably something we should talk about maybe a little bit, or, or we can at least point out that matchups matter this time of year. And, and it's not just the best team to win. I mean, you have to have good matchups all the way across too. And that's why, you know, when you see some of those upsets, it's, uh, it, it's not about the, the matchup that it was going to happen style, uh, team that plays a style that maybe a counter is counterproductive to how you play. Right. Yeah. You think Loyola maybe thought about deferring as a host and just said, Hey, we played all of our games basically away from home all year long. We'll just keep this show on the road and, and just keep 
keep it away from from New Orleans, and we'll play wherever else you want to play us. But no, um, obviously they they might be the favorite in this whole thing. But you think about a team like Grace, who's been really good all year. That's a seven seed that could you know maybe make a run at this. But I think you're right with matchups, and it's also you think about league, right? Where a team like Grace played in obviously in the Crossroads League is an ultra competitive league, and, and they've been kind of banged up and battled every single game all year long. Um, but yeah, one bad half, like you said, you know, one bad stretch, really, you got to be locked in and dialed in the whole time. And I'm, I'm always interested, interested to see what travels best, right? Like you think about playing in, in an away gym, does that benefit a, a strong defensive team or, you know, does a team maybe traveling, come out a little bit slow defensively in a team that plays at a faster pace, punches them right in the mouth from the start. And it's hard to recover from that. So, yeah, I think style of play, matchups obviously matter so much. But you think about some of the individuals in this bracket, you think about a guy like Matt Simpson, and we think about who's going to make the next Travion Cruz-like run at this thing. Matt Simpson's been a great player all year long. He's certainly a guy you want to keep your eye on. But as far as matchups go, you you got Ottawa out of Arizona, who's going to be really contender in this thing. And then some of the top seeds, all of that, of course, with maybe, you know, the player of the year and Alex Gross. Um, is also in this. So, yeah, going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. Well, and, and we brought up the, the poll the other day on, on Twitter, and uh, just just interesting that uh, maybe the two and, – and let me let me rephrase this. So the, the – uh, there's many players that will be competing for the National Player of the Year, but I think in, in most people's eyes, the two favorites are, are uh, Zach Reitzel from Loyola and Alex Gross out of Olivet Nazarene. And, uh, just crazy that these two are in the same bracket now. Again, whether will they face each other? Who knows? That's to be determined. But uh, uh, certainly, uh, two of the more, more dominant players in the country. Uh, uh, they've almost always flirt with triple doubles on the year. Uh, they both each have a, a handful of uh, of triple doubles on the year. So um, you know they're 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 the one and the two in this bracket. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if, if we can get maybe a head to head matchup versus uh, with the two maybe the two best players in the country. So. Uh, you, you certainly mentioned it. Uh, some of the other players, the Matt Simpson, uh, you know, Georgetown's got the Kyron Jones, double machine, um, you know, going all the way out through the list. Uh, even a college of Idaho team, you know, like you look at their numbers and, and this is something you gotta, you gotta know too. And we're going to put out an article. Uh, we have an article with the, some of the player break, breakdowns, uh, more in depth uh, coming out, but uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Ricardo time, isn't the leading scorer in this tournament, but he was a conference player of the year because the college of Idaho's tempo and pace is a little bit slower than well, a lot of bit slower than a lot of the teams in this in the in the tournament. So, you know, you have to see kind of a, a player like that that maybe, you know, doesn't average 20 points per game, but but is a big but is a team's leading scorer at maybe 13, 14 points per game. So uh just because they, they only average 13 or 14 a game doesn't mean they're a good player. It just means that their team's not putting up as many points. You know, when you're averaging you know, 70, 80 points per game, and the others are averaging 90, 100 points per game. Uh, that's that's a big, that's a 20-point swing there. So, uh, you know, a, a team like College of Idaho, I think, is, is a tough matchup for, for a lot of teams, and uh, especially at home. You know, they're going to be at home in the first pod if, for two games, um, as long as they can knock off Vanguard. But, uh, um, you know, just one of those, those that's what we talked about. It was like the Carols of the world, you know, last year that uh, uh, those, those teams out west that uh, maybe – you know, you haven't watched a lot all year long. And then, you know, these teams that if you're not ready to play college, their zone, 
uh, can really give you fits because they're so good defensively. Um, and it's something that you haven't seen all year long. And, and if, if they control the tempo, uh, watch out because you're not going to be – you're going to – it's going to be a long night. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point about the hosting, right? Idaho, for some of those teams, is far away. you got to get off a plane. you got to get ready to go. I don't know. you got to get your body adjusted. you just got to get into the flow of things. But you think about these teams that are hosting, you know, like the College of Idaho, that really – I think that is such a major advantage at this point in the tournament where – you're comfortable, you're at home, you're shooting on your own rims. You don't have to worry about really adjusting anything at all. So I, I, I like that, especially for a team that plays like College of Idaho plays. I think that really, really puts them at an advantage. Yeah, the crowd will be behind them for sure, too. And, and you know, I, you know, staying in this pod before we move off to another one, uh, you know, I think this UT Southern team is an interesting one, too. You know, this is a, a team that, uh, finished pretty high up in the regular season of, of the Mid-South, and, and here they are uh, as an 11 seed uh, and having to travel all the way out to Idaho from, from Tennessee. So, uh, you know, you kind of kind of wonder how, what that does to them. You know, uh, you know maybe they're mad and, and upset. Uh, they're in, or, you know, their guys uh, see if they're – if they uh, rev up and, and are ready to go in this game and, and feel disrespect. This is the team that felt disrespected all year long, not being inside of top 25. Um, I, I've seen a lot of their posts and stuff on social media. So, uh, you know, you just kind of wonder if this is, is something that will motivate a, a team like that, like a Tennessee Southern. And we'll talk about a team like Briarcliff later on. But, uh, you know, some of these teams that, that had good years and then all of a sudden are, are a really low seed. And, and you just kind of wonder how that's going to motivate uh, them and, and those that, in that aspect. But, uh, you know, some of these matchups and just getting a little bit deeper inside the, the Naismith quadrant here. Uh, trades with this Evangel Florida College one, uh, you know, Matt Simpson's electric. Um, but but this Evangel team, like, you know, you talk about styles of play and, and, and things like that. And Evangel, if you're not ready for their motion and their and their five out uh you know system, they like they they are tough to guard. Like and they'll they'll cut on you, they'll set screen and slip on you. And, and if you're not ready for for their offense, uh it's very, very tough. And and they're a team that if you can get if they can get by Florida College. So like this is this is another kind of behind the scenes look at it for, for the fans that are listening to right now. Like right now teams basically have a week to prepare for you for that first round matchup. So that's what most teams are, are most teams are, are uh, scouting for right now. And obviously, you know, you'll have, you'll have advanced scouts for the, the other teams in your bracket as well. But uh, you know, you, you just kind of wonder if Evangel can get through this first round game. And it's going to be an awesome game, I think between Evangel and Florida college, but uh, if first one, uh, and Loyola beats, you know, uh, Ben Mesa. Can Evangel's offense just being so different to guard off, a, off of a one-day What does that do to a team like Loyola? You know, that's the kind of stuff you look for. And then, you know, moving down, even into Montgomery, Alabama, you know, you got a Huntington team who's kind of been, been a, a Kingslayer here as of late. Um, and, and they're going to – a Georgetown team that, that you know, not sure what was going on with them before when they lost four games heading into the – Mid-South tournament, but then they found themselves again. Coach Briggs is best coaches in the country. Um, they're no strangers to winning. I mean, they've uh, uh, won the national or three or four national titles uh, here just in the last uh, few years. So, um, you know, Coach Briggs does a great job uh, at Georgetown. But uh, uh, then you got a Huntington team. You know, uh, with, with uh, Alford is a is an up and coming coach. You know, and it's uh, uh, just an interesting, gonna be an interesting strategic battle. I think with that one. Uh, uh, and who comes out, uh, you know, Zach Goodline is one of the best guards in the country and, and what Georgetown does to, to kind of defend and isolate him. And 
Uh, and then what Huntington does, you know, with Kyron Jones uh, being the double-double machine and see if they can keep him off the glass. So, um, you know, that that we see two of those matchups in, in this bracket alone, but uh, we're, we're going to have three matchups in the first round between the, the Crossroads League and the Mid-South. Uh, you know, we just mentioned Georgetown and, and Huntington, but then also in this bracket you get uh, Grace and Cumberland. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested to see those first-round matchups too between, you know, two leagues that – uh, not only in the same ARC, but uh, two leagues that have the most teams in the league or in the uh, national championships and uh, two leagues that uh, like to claim the fame that they're the best in the country. So uh, some interesting matchups for sure. in the Naismith one uh, uh, opening round, but uh, then as you look forward or a little bit further, Pat, uh, uh, even some potential second round and third round matchups and all the way through into the quarterfinals, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you, we don't know what's going to happen. Upsets will obviously happen, but uh some of those potential matches are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I would love to see Grace versus Olivet. If anybody's going to give Olivet a real test, Grace matches up perfectly uh, with them. I'll let my CCAC and Crossroads bias show all the way through there, but I think that that'd be an excellent, excellent matchup. But you think about a team, like I think you bring up a really good point about just the experience and the coaches that have been there and how you scout this and how you prepare for this and how you handle, you know, such a quick turnaround. I think that teams that feel like they belong there, teams that, you know, come in with that little bit of like, okay, we've been here before. This is the standard. I think that, you know, it's interesting how that would compare to a team that just has never been here. Right. That's just, you know, they don't know any better. Right. This is their first time here. They're just going to play free. They're going to play fast. They're going to play their style. They're going to play the way that's gotten them here this whole way. So, yeah, I think those matchups between the coaches are also really interesting. Like you think about a guy like Alford, who is fairly new to this level going up um, a team like Georgetown, who when I see here on, um, I think I'm on Faulkner's site here, Georgetown, 41st national tournament appearance. I mean, like how do you compete with a program like that? So, yeah, um, interested to see those matchups. And then as we look further, of course, you know, you kind of mentioned it with Evangel. If they would advance against Loyola, that I think a team like Evangel that really kind of control the game with their motion offense and, you know, teams like that feel like they can get a shot at any point and get whatever shot they want offensively. So if they can kind of wear Loyola down a little bit defensively and kind of make them work a little bit, how do they control that game and how does Loyola counter that defensively? And then you think about a team like Ottawa, who has been really good all year long, and then if they get a second-round matchup with College of Idaho, that's going to be an interesting matchup there because I think Ottawa's a really good team that can maybe sneak past College of Idaho too. So we'll see. Obviously, the second round is going to be exciting as well. And, yeah, whatever matchups we get, you know, and there could very well be some upsets where the higher seeds, of course, win. Well, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those just, uh, you know, it's uh, – it, some of these teams are going to have to go on the road to try to win, um, and that's, you know – just the makeup of the tournament and uh we'll see how that kind of plays out but uh you know ottawa is no stranger to big wins uh you know they went on the road and got a division one win this year um you know they've gone around the country and knocked off some some teams on the road so um you know i don't think that they you know they're a team that you know definitely not be intimidated when they walk into some of these arenas and, and go into college of idaho um you know you just kind of wonder how things are going to play out there but uh um you know, you, you mentioned that Olivet Nazarene potential uh, matchup with Grace, and, and this is the first time that they would play if they. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually eager to kind of see, you know, uh, a big young guy like Elijah Malone and, and what he does uh, 
uh, with Alex uh, Gross and, and just kind of big, two big bodies uh, uh, banging out. Uh, um, that would be a lot of fun to watch uh, down in the paint area. And, and uh, you know, a lot of teams have, had, have struggled uh, to slow down this all of that Nazarene team. Uh, so just kind of one of those that you you kind of look forward to matchups. Like you said, they, this, this Grace team, you know, if they can if they can win that first game against a tough Cumberland's team, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a good matchup for, for two big bodies. But this is where, you know, and, and we won't elaborate too much on it and more on the Naismith quadrant here. But, to, you know, this is where you, you start looking at these teams and where matchups matter. Like, you know, uh, Alex Gross, if, they, if, they, if all of it Nazarene beats Lords in that first round uh, and then Cumberland's beats Grace – you know, now all of a sudden you don't have that big body versus big body yeah. in, against Alex Gross or, you know, you know, where, you know, maybe Grace matches up better uh, against all of the Nazarene, but Cumberland's, you know, with their talent and their good guards, Jahi Hanson and uh, Stephen Fitzpatrick, that, you know, they're, uh, or those are two guys that, uh, uh, you know, maybe can can beat all of the Nazarene from the outside, uh, but then they got to figure out Alex Gross. And, and that's what, you know, we talked about Evangel uh, being hard to, to match up on a one-day scout you know, all of it has a ring and, and what you're going to do with Alex Gross off a one day scout is, is not easy as either. So that's where, where some of these, uh, uh, you know, big coaching staffs uh, can take advantage of, of advanced scouting and get ready for, for opponents. As, as uh, maybe you got a assistant uh, or two assistants uh, uh, on a, on a team that, you know, you're hoping you win the first round and you are focusing on that, but you have other assistant coaches that are, are getting preps or getting scouts uh, prepped up for uh, the other teams in your pods. So, uh, yeah, moving uh, right along, though, here, uh, Pat, to, to the Kramer Quadrant. Um, you know, this is this is another one that's going to be interesting because you got the Arizona Christian team uh, and going through that they're going to face off against Tougaloo, a 116 matchup, um, and they're going to have to play in Lakeland, Florida, um, or southeastern Florida, the Furnace. Uh, they've been very, very good at home. Uh, they're going to face off against the nine seed Xavier um, then you have the fifth seed, uh, Bethel, Kansas, is going to go up against uh, that 12 seed, Briarcliff. Uh, the fourth seed, St. Francis, Indiana, uh, is going to go up against 13 seed, Northwestern, Iowa. Uh, you have Hope International as a six seed going up against Oregon Tech, the 11. Uh, you have that William Jessup uh, team uh, as a three seed uh, at home going up against the 14 seed, Warner. Uh, and then to round up the bracket uh, down in Marion, uh, over Marion, Indiana. Uh, at Indiana Wesley, you're going to have uh, Southwestern Kansas uh, take on Indiana Tech in the 7-10 matchup uh, with Indiana Wesleyan hosting uh, the 15-seed Montreat. So uh, looking around here, Pat, uh, you know, I, I started to allude or say to it before I went through the, the list here, but, uh, you know, Arizona Christian having to go to the furnace uh, is an interesting one. And this is one where maybe maybe you hope Xavier and their defense can uh, can stop Riley Minix and Southeastern at home because, uh uh, you know, being a one seed and having to go play a true road game uh, is not not ideal. Yeah. No, thank you, especially against Riley Minix, right? Where that, yeah, that is a tricky, tricky draw. Obviously, I think Southeastern really, really can make some noise in that quadrant. Um, an interesting draw, a challenging draw for Arizona Christian. They just got to come ready, right? They've been good all year long. They just got to come ready to play, dialed in and focused and just – get through two glue and then worry about the next one and just take it one game at a time, one possession at a time. If you do see Southeastern. Well, and, and something that, uh, you know, just kind of cool to, to look at, you know, is, uh, is like opponents and, uh, you know, Arizona Christian came out to Florida uh, right around the holidays and, and uh, played uh, uh, St. Saint, Saint Thomas, uh, Florida out in the sun conference. And, 
St. Thomas took them down the wire. And, and now you got a team, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, Southeastern, I'm sure that uh, called over to St. Thomas and, uh, you know, got a scouting report. And, and so it's a little bit easier when you have those connections that are out of conference. But a lot of conferences won't, won't uh, give up a scout on their own team to another team. But, you know, when you're playing that, a team that your own conference member has played, it's a little bit easier to talk out uh, game plans and strategies and uh, what did you see and things like that. So, uh, just something to look out about in the, in the, down in Lakeland, Florida, kind of seeing where that one uh, pans out. But uh, uh, moving down, you know, over to Wichita, Kansas, which is hosted by the KCAC. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this one just because uh, not just the potential matchups in this one, but the first round ones are going to be really good. Briar Cliff, who, who somehow is a 12 seed uh, after winning the GPAC um, conference. I, I know that they struggled a little bit down the stretch and, uh, but they were still the, they still have, or still won the regular season. Um, and they have a couple of GPAC teams, uh, with, with higher seeds in them. So, so it's, or better seeds in them. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to kind of see, you know, how that played out, but, um, at the same time, uh, team, uh, uh, has had a week off to kind of refocus after, uh, dropping a few down the stretch and, uh, they, they get a, a very, very good Bethel Kansas team, uh, led by Jalen Scott, another, uh, player that is going to be in the, the national player of the year, uh, running. So, uh, you know, stopping him is the first and foremost uh, is what you got to do because he's another guy that kind of flirts with triple doubles. Uh, um, a, a guy that can, uh, I think, what's unique about Jalen is that not only can he score and take over games when you need him to, but uh, when you're just kind of double teaming and different doing stuff with him off the dribble, um, he really does a great job of finding his teammates and getting people uh, the ball uh, in scoring positions. So, um, you, you know, not an easy matchup in that in that first one there in that five twelve, and you know. He, we talked about that five twelve Georgetown Huntington, you know, like what well, makes the NCAA tournament always fun is because of the, you know, the 12s always seem to host the fives. Yeah. I wonder, you know, if that's something that's going to happen here. And it's kind of set up that way, you know, where the five twelve matchups are, are almost in all, all four quadrants are very, very fun and intriguing matchups. And I think this is another one. Um, but even, even uh, going to that other Wichita Kansas one, uh, uh, St. Francis and Northwestern, you know, uh, three uh, all Americans, uh, with Antoine Cushenberry and David Asia, and then you got uh, Alex Van Kalesbeek uh, out of Northwestern. I, I'm I'm very interested in the Cal's Van Kalesbeek and uh, Asia matchup in that one. Just two undersized, kind of four fives that uh, uh, do a lot of really good things for their teams. Yeah, and it's it's kind of poetic here where we talked about San Francisco all year long as a team where it's like, oh, wouldn't you hate to see them be maybe a nine or a 10 seed in the tournament. And now we have Briarcliff who won their league. That's a 12 seed. And like, if you're Bethel, you're like, really? We got a, a league winner. We have to see in the first round. Um, so that's no easy task, obviously for Bethel and Briarcliff. Probably if I would was betting man would imagine they probably feel a little bit disrespected. So they're going to come in with a little extra juice, a little extra fire. And then you think about St. Francis who was a team that was number one for a few weeks here, you know, at the start of the season that has proven they can win, that has proven, you know, they kind of got through a rough stretch and rebounded and, and found their rhythm and found their way back. So um, a dangerous, dangerous team there with, you know, obviously Cushingberry and Asia and yeah, going to be a great, great first round matchup there and excited to see. I think St. Francis is a team that could maybe make some noise here um, out of this whole the whole quadrant, the Kramer quadrant. I, I think St. Francis is a team that really could kind of run away with this thing. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a nice little sleeper pick out of out of this region as well. And, uh, you know, uh, even moving down to California, um, you know, 
it's interesting, you know, one of the things that they've said in the past, and it didn't, didn't necessarily work out uh, this year as much, but, uh, um, you know, they were going to try to avoid that conference versus conference uh, uh, matchups in, in the first little pod area, but uh, you're going to have two in Hope International and William Jessup that could potentially uh, match up in the second round, but, uh, you know, Hope International got to get by Oregon Tech first. Uh, Oregon Tech, uh, um, you know, they're a team that, that led the, the Cascade for, for, you know, a good portion of the year, and then uh, College of Idaho was able to kind of overtake them, and, and they lost some games late, uncharacteristically, uh, of Oregon Tech with a veteran group. Uh, but this is a, this is a team that, uh, um, you know, they, I think they have three guys that, that uh, uh, played on their, their national runner-up team uh, a few years back. So, um, you, you know, they're, they're certainly a team that, that has some veteran leadership and fifth-year players that, that uh, um, from that 11-hole can give uh, Hope International some fits. But, uh, um, you know, Hope International, I, I mean – not only do you got to, they have some good guard play as well, but, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Joshua Powell, Day, one of the, one of the big, big men of the, of the uh, <laughs> around the country at, uh, uh six, six and, and about three fifty, but uh, just moves well. And, um, you know, and, and Oregon tech likes to, to play a little fast. So, you know, we'll see if, if hope international, uh, can, will run with them and then what they do or if they can slow them down. But, uh, I'll be interested to see that one. And then, you know, you got the, the William Jessup who's hosting that region, uh, uh, facing a water team that's got to go all the way from Florida to California. Um, so you just kind of wonder what that does, jet lag and time zones and, and all that, uh, how that plays effect. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, the the regular season co-champions of the sun are uh, going to go all in the first round. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just an interesting pod, see how it plays out. Um, certainly, uh, you know, a Jessup team that, uh, you know, they're still without Miles Corey in the, in the tournament, made it all the way to the tournament championship. Uh, and, and a little bit of controversy, but uh, um, you know, end up losing on, on a on what ended up being a, a, uh, at a three on a three pointer uh, uh, to end the game. And uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see how they bounce back from that. You know, we talked about uh, Briarcliff after that that crazy uh, Concordia game and, and what it did to them. You know, you kind of kind of kind of hangs around you for a little bit, and you just kind of wonder if Jessup rebounds back uh, right after that. And the good part for them, they they had a week off and didn't have to play right away again. So. Uh, yeah, it'd be know, great if they could get Miles Corey back, right? Because I, I think that's a great, great point where a, a loss like that really can just take the wind out of your sails, and you can kind of let that snowball as you head into the national tournament. But uh, kind of countering that, if you get Corey back, really kind of rejuvenates you, right? Where you're able to put it behind you and carry that into the national tournament. But yeah, going to be really interesting to see William Jessup kind of feels like a little bit of a trap, right? Where they it's Maybe they're not at their strongest. They just got to get past it and just focus on on this matchup against Warner. Well, and it's uh, it's also one of those, uh, uh, you know, and Cash Williams for for William Jessup was the the GSAC Player of the Year. But uh, you know, you're gonna have a you could potentially have the fourth matchup of the year between Jessup and and Hope International. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those where when you go up against a team for the fourth time, you know, it, it'd be interesting. So. Uh, if both of those teams win, that's what we're going to have. But, uh, uh, you know, moving moving over to the, the last quadrant here in, in the Kramer uh, – or the last pod in the Kramer quadrant, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting first-round matchup uh, with Southwestern and Indiana Tech. Uh, Indiana Tech, I believe, was in the same quadrant last year uh, and had to go to Indiana Wesleyan, and, and I believe they lost uh, to Indiana Wesleyan. I could be wrong on that one. But, uh, um, but yeah, you know, it's one of those where – I don't think they're any stranger uh, of playing Lucky Arena. So, uh, 
you know, they're, they're going to go. And then you got Southwestern coming all the way over from Kansas and, uh, you know, Indiana Wesleyan and Montreat, yeah, Montreat, a, a team out of the North Carolina, out of the Appalachian athletic conference. Um, you, you know, you don't, you don't think that they can go off and, or you don't expect them to come over and, and maybe be an upset to, to Indiana Wesleyan. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to jinx Indiana Wesleyan by saying that, uh, you know, they can't lose and lucky because they've lost three of the last four, uh, at home after uh, having the nation's longest win streak, uh, um, but it's my street team as one of my favorite players, Noah Dunn. Uh, I, I think he's really good. Uh, just a, another six, four guard. that's like two twenty five. you know, not a, not maybe the, the, uh, most athletic body in the world, but the things you can do on a basketball court, is a lot of fun to watch. Um, so it's going to take a big night from them probably, but, but, uh, you just kind of, kind of want to watch that one a little bit. And then, uh, <coughs> oh, sorry. but then you got uh, this, Southwestern Indiana Tech's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, Kevin Clark out of out of uh, Southwestern, uh, he he is, he's basically in range when he opens it or when he walks into a gym. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a, a different style. I think Southwestern has some some bigs with Dang Bull and uh, and some of the other guys on their team that uh, they can match up to the the trio of Indiana Tech uh, uh, players here. That uh, um, it'll be an interesting matchup. I think in the seven ten matchup. Yeah, and I. You think about Indiana Tech, they're, they're a team that certainly has national tournament experience, but, you know, between them and Wesleyan, they kind of struggled maybe a little bit down the stretch. So can one of these two teams from outside of Indiana come into Indiana and make a little bit of noise? I think we're going to learn a lot about Wesleyan. I think Coach Donegal is, is certainly going to have those guys ready to roll. They're playing at home. You know, they, they obviously lost a few here, and I think – now more than ever is kind of the worst time I'd want to see Indiana Wesleyan because this is a coach that has tons of national tournament experience, right? He's won, obviously, national tournaments. And Seth Maxwell is, is, is as good a big as there is in the country. So I think Indiana Wesleyan, the time is now for them, right? Where we talked about William Jessup, who maybe kind of has the, the air out of their sails a little bit. But I think Wesleyan now is going to come back hungrier than ever. Um, ready to fight in this quadrant well and you you talk about potential matchups here you know uh uh william jessup could end up yeah. going from playing we'll that, yeah. yeah they can they, national for the fourth time but then uh you could potentially in kansas city see a matchup between jessup and indiana wesley and there was a a big time uh game that out in florida over the over the break and, and i know that was months ago so like you have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt game uh, between those two and on a neutral court already um, and so, so Jessup, Indiana Wesleyan, you know, and I believe at the time when they played, they were both uh, top like seven or eight in the country. So, uh, yeah, you kind of kind of wonder if those teams, those two teams, will, will fight off again, and uh, it'd be interesting to see that that um, rematch, I guess, uh, there. But then, you know, looking across the board, some potential matches. I, you know, I, I think that uh, again, you know, if teams can win, you know, it's always the preface of saying this, but uh, I, I would really like to see that Bethel uh, St. Francis game. I, I think. Uh, uh, Jalen Sky, Antoine Cushenberry, and them. I, I think that would be a heck of a game just to to watch. And um, you know, it's uh, uh, I can't remember. See, I know St. Francis was either in Omaha or uh, Wichita last year, so I think they were actually maybe in Wichita last year. So it'll be interesting. You know, they may be used to this court uh, and playing it out there. And uh, you know, they made a big run last year, obviously uh, out of out of that bracket. So uh, just to one of those that to kind of watch. And again, that uh, man, Arizona Christian Southeastern matchup if that happens. Uh, uh, one of those potential matchups that uh, 
uh, we could see. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of intriguing teams, uh, a lot of teams that kind of play similar in this league or in this bracket. Um, you know, nobody that's like really off the wall different, um, especially as you get further along in this, you know, you know, unless there's some big time upsets, uh, you know, some of the favorites that play in this, if, if they move on, uh, a lot of similar styles. So uh, the Kramer quadrant is going to be uh, maybe, maybe one of the more ones that's more wide open than I think that than any of the other ones, but uh, uh, certainly a uh, uh, one to watch, uh, uh, keep an eye on. Moving on to the Dewar quadrant here, you know, uh, uh, I believe now that with Indiana Wesley and uh, uh, not ha- or losing the three of the last four home games and losing the national or the home uh, uh, or having the longest home win streak, I believe that is now William Penn uh, that has the right to the nation's longest home win streak. Uh, and, and I don't know what the exact number when I was looking it up uh, in some of the tournament prep, uh, I think that they have the longest one right now. So that'll be an interesting one in Oskaloosa. Uh, William Penn and you know, one seed with Benedict or with sorry with Bellevue as the 16 seed. Uh, and then uh, a really fun first round matchup with, with the eight nine here in Kokomo and Dort. Five uh, twelve is going to be Concordia, Nebraska, and, and Indiana and Northwest. Uh, you're going to have four thirteen with Marion and Freed Hardeman. Uh, the six eleven with Jamestown and Lois Clark State. Uh, the three fourteen is Carroll versus Mount Vernon Nazarene. Uh, the seven ten is Cumberland uh, versus uh, West Virginia Tech. And then to round it up. This uh, newer bracket will be the two fifteen matchup between Talladega and Washington Adventists. So, uh, Pat, what are your first thoughts uh, going through this one? I think IU Kokomo is one team that really got a circle, right? They have been playing so well, basically this whole second semester, and a team that even if you if they get by Dort, obviously, if you're William Penn, that is a team you don't want to see because they have been red hot. They've been playing really well, but I think William Penn, of course, is the one seed. Really, you know. Newman and KVM Blakely and those teams are, are just so, you know, those guys are, are just a dynamic duo and their whole team really is, is kind of, you know, obviously they're the ones they're, they're a team you don't want to see, but you think about IU Kokomo, you think about Jamestown who has Mason Walters and is, you know, arguably an all American um, and a team that can maybe make some noise. So uh, I'll circle those two teams, Kokomo and Jamestown as two teams that I think, Really, if we want to pick some sleepers out of this thing, can make some noise. But you think about first-round matchups, and you think about you know this Marion team that's been a little bit quiet in the in the Crossroads League over the course of the year, um, and then you think about IU Northwest versus Concordia. Northwest is a team that when they get hot, they're red hot, and when they get cold, they're ice cold. So if they can catch Concordia on a bad night, might be able to sneak one by them. But yeah, some, some really interesting matchups, obviously kind of like the Naismith bracket where we have some teams that have been here before, some teams that have had some tournament success. So interested, interested to see, you know, your thoughts on some of these matchups. Yeah, I think for me, you know, you start off, uh, it, may be, it may be an intriguing one, and it, it's going to be, you know, obviously in Hel- Helena, but uh, I'm interested to see the Carroll, Mount Vernon, Nazarene. Uh, you know, I think Kegley's pretty good, and, uh, Carol, obviously, uh, with, with Joe Von Slankanen and uh, uh, Shamer Campbell and, and and company, they're they're not going to lose at home very often. They just lost at home uh, in in their uh, conference championship game, uh, tournament championship game. But uh, um, I think that 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 matchup, uh, just to kind of see what they do with Kegley and, and how they match up with with Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon's going to travel a bit in this one, but uh, I think that's an intriguing first round matchup. Um, I'm like you. I, I like the Marion and, and Freed Hardeman. I, I think Portland Martin from Freed Hardeman. 
against Christian Stewart for Marion is a fun little guard matchup uh, to keep an eye on. Um, you know, Freed Harmon, uh, you know, has, has, you know, certainly put up their pitch to make the tournament uh, here over the last two weeks. And uh, they had some great numbers. Uh, if, you, if you really look at it on the bubble uh, for the bubble teams and, and the only thing that was holding them back before was the, their ARC rank. And they uh, snuck into the ARC uh, rankings uh, in one of the toughest ARCs out there, but uh, uh, they, they did get in the, in the ARC uh, in that last, uh, that last go around and, and that ultimately put them in the tournament. But yeah, uh, um, Certainly not a team to, to, to you know, look past because Corlin Martin and company uh, um, are, are – Corlin Martin is one, one of the most elite guard scorers in the country, and, and we've seen him have some big-time games. And uh, I just, you know, kind of wonder, you know, if – the only the only big thing that you wonder, and we talked about this in a couple other brackets, is that, you know, Marion has that tournament experience, and you just wonder if that's going to ultimately, you know, just the preparation and work and stuff like that, if, if that ultimately, ultimately uh, gets them to win. But – uh, certainly don't look past the safe FHU team uh, uh, with some good guard play that, uh, me, you know, maybe Corlin Martin's the, the Shrevin Cruz because I certainly think that he can be that guy that, that uh, carries his team in, into a two or three wins in this in this tournament. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really interested in this Kokomo Dort team. Dort may be uh, selling out that uh, that arena. So uh, Kokomo may be playing a, almost like a true road game. You know, uh, Kokomo will certainly play some defense and, and get after you, but they'll also run with you. And, um, I think Dort Kokomo uh, has a has a high upside, uh, or, or maybe a little bit of under uh, appreciation game of the tournament here in the first round. It's two teams that uh, uh, I think it's a fun matchup to, to watch. Uh, uh, Dort, you know, obviously being a, an at large uh, uh, component here and getting in, uh, maybe as one of the last uh, uh, few teams in here. But uh, um, they're not a team that I would take take lightly. I mean, I think that they're a team that can put up some points and. Uh, a Kokomo team has won 17 in a row uh, coming into this tournament. Uh, certainly is no no slouch either. So um, I think Deshaun Hamilton and, uh, and uh, Traquan Spivey and, and company, uh, uh, another veteran group with fifth-year players. That uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that first-round matchup there. And then, uh, you know, just looking across the board, you know, I, and we did talk about, uh, you know, that Marion Freed Harmon game, but that's the third uh, game of that we, we mentioned earlier about the uh, – uh, the Crossroads League versus the Mid South, so uh, that's the third game uh, in the first round. So, uh, you know, and then you you look forward uh, into some potential matchups. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. William Penn Kokomo, if that were to happen, or even Dort, you know, I know William Penn uh, without was was without some guys uh, in the first game of the year, uh, but Dort uh, took them to overtime and, and uh, one. I don't know how many game winners they have this year, but that was the first one. <laughs> the season, like six game winners they hit this. Year, so. Um, and they, again, you know, they've played a lot of games without the, especially first semester without their full roster. So, uh, just seeing William Penn and, and that Dort matchup may be a good one too, but Kokomo, I think is a, certainly a team uh, with 17 straight wins. Um, you know, they're not going to go into that game scared. So, uh, right. it's a fun matchup. And then I think, uh, you know, if town could be Lowe's Clark State and, and Carroll, uh, about Vernon or Carroll, but uh, especially Carroll and, and the Jamestown would be a, a really fun one. Um, I think Carroll's defense, uh, just their style and and what they can do to to Mason Walters will be interesting uh, game plan for them. And uh, you know they they certainly want you to beat them from the outside. And, and uh, uh, Marcos is, is a guy that can get hot. We saw him uh, uh, in the national tournament last year in Kansas City, uh, hit eight threes in the first round. And I think that Jamestown uh, will, will come into this game you know, intimidated either. And that's something you look at, you know, those, those teams that are, that have some of those guys that have made some tournament runs, 
you know, they're used to playing the tournament and they're not going to come in, you know, timid by any means. So uh, I'm kind of interested in that one. And then, you know, we haven't talked about Talladega much, but, uh, you know, one of your favorite defensive teams. I was going to say my friends at Talladega are kicking and screaming that we haven't mentioned them yet in this quad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And certainly, much I love to watch the Penn Talladega game and the contrasting styles there. Um, you know, this is a Talladega team that uh, uh, from the two, two spots here that uh, um, is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they're going to play uh, their first two uh, games at home, too. So, uh, you know, I, I think this Cumberland, Tennessee team is a, a team to watch out for. I think that the, uh, as a seven seed, uh, you know, they have to play a game at Talladega if, if Talladega and Cumberland both win. Uh, but this is a Cumberland team that played really well down the stretch, and, and we saw them beat uh, UT Southern who, uh, by. 30 to, to end the regular yeah. season and um I, I watched that game and, and i was really impressed with this cumberland team i've I watched them three or four times now this year and uh, i just think that you know i you know two coming in before the bracket i had two teams that i thought were, were teams that could be really well, i had three or four but i had two that i was really eyeing at for upset special teams and it was kokomo and cumberland so and they're in the same bracket so here uh, we are so, yeah. so, so the doer doer quadrant may be one of those that gets nutty <laughs> so. well and i think you bring up a good point about kokomo with these fifth year guys and going into this thing you want experienced backcourts right you want senior led backcourts and that's what kokomo has and that's if you're riding somebody into march that that's a kind of a tandem or a trio that you want to ride like these these mature guards these mature players that are here and like Let's just, you know, not worry about the backpack we just got. Let's not worry about the new hoodie we just got. Let's just worry about playing Dort, right? Let's just come out here. Let's focus on that. This moment isn't too big for us. We're here to compete. We're here to win this thing. Now let's lock in and play. And I think if you have kind of a balance of that and a balance of young guys and guys that are just ready to play and ready to compete, that's a dangerous team. So if we can get that Kokomo pen matchup that that certainly would be intriguing but i i just wanted to circle back on that i think that's a great point about having yeah. these fifth year guards these experienced guards yeah and something we haven't really mentioned uh, all the way across the the, the bracket is, is just that some of these teams like a kokomo and, and unfortunately they're both in the same bracket here but kokomo and west virginia tech um they're not just playing for themselves i mean they're playing for respect in their leagues you know and uh and this is unfortunately the mass the tournament is, is one of the places that that you know makes or breaks your, you know, the, the opinions across the country on your league. And so winning in the national tournament can really take a league, uh, you know, like the river States that some people, some people, uh, you know, tend to think that uh, are not the, one of the best leagues in the country. And, and now also an IU Kokomo, you know, if they go and make it to Kansas city or, or West Virginia tech, uh, you know, if they can go knock off, uh, you know, Cumberland and maybe a Talladega and, and make Kansas city, you know, all of a sudden you start to uh, get in that league respect, uh, uh, you know, circle back through and, um, certainly not looking down on the river space at all, but uh, just something to keep an eye on as as you you look at these league, these teams that uh, are playing for more than just themselves. You know they're playing for their leagues as well. Um, I, I think that's something that that provides value in some of these matchups. So um, yeah, something to look at it in that in that bracket and doer. But uh, uh, wrapping up uh, with the Liston quadrant here, Pat. Uh, uh, you know you're, you're gonna have a uh, this is a really interesting quadrant, but. Uh, uh, you're gonna have Oklahoma Wesleyan with a one uh, facing off against St. Catherine as a 16. Uh, IU South Bend as eight playing the uh, Kansas Wesleyan nine uh, as a nine seed, and then uh, the five twelve matchup in this one is LSU Shreveport versus Missouri Baptist. Uh, you got the uh, who is the four seed going to go up against the thirteen LSU Alexandria. Uh, six seed is, is Sagu, and they're going to uh, host uh, the eleven seed Central Methodist. 
then we got the uh, three seed Montana Tech, uh, who will be uh, playing against the uh, MacU uh, at Oklahoma, and then the seven ten matchup is still versus Union. Uh, and wrapping up the tournament uh, team, the Lisbon Quadrant, the two seed, fifteen uh, seed. So um, some 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 intriguing teams in this one. Some. Uh, Interesting teams in this one, but maybe maybe uh, like the Kramer Quadrant, uh, this one I think is almost as wide open as any bracket here in the in the in the uh, tournament. Yeah, I think that's a great point. The wide open, you know, really you look at some of these matchups and some of these teams, regardless of seeding, are so even, and we see some you know similar yet contrasting styles. I don't know. I think the matchups here are great. I think they're intriguing matchups. I just, you know, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of this. I think Oklahoma Wesleyan as the one seed, you know, is is not all that comfortable. I, I look at a team like Stillman, right, who's been pretty good all year long. That's sitting at the seven seed that plays in a great league that's got a chance to make a run at this whole thing. Um, so I wouldn't count them out. You look at, you know, Shreveport, what kind of noise can they make? I don't, I don't know. Some interesting, interesting seeding, some interesting matchups here in this quadrant. Yeah, and Treeport and Alexander in the same uh, uh, little quad or a little pod here. Um, but, you know, a, a league that went 0-3 last year in the national tournament, um, you, you know, it's they're going to try to look to rebound uh, with this year. And, I, I uh, you know, Red River is another league that, that's playing for some respect here. And, and uh, the Andrew team that, you know, you, you wonder how they bounce back after after a 50-point shellacking from, from Shreveport in the uh, Red River semifinals and, uh, you know, and, and see if they can rebound from that. And, you know, especially when you see them in your own bracket and, and potentially having to play them again. Uh, I, uh, in the regular, they lost to them by like 20, and then they lost to them by 50 in the semifinals. And so uh, I'm sure Alexander is not uh, thrilled to see Shreveport in uh, in there. But, uh, um, and I believe this Alexander game is not going to be at the fort where, where Alexander played. I believe it's it's actually where the, uh, in the Rapid East Center, uh, uh, Coliseum where the actual Red River Athletic Conference uh, tournament is held. So it is kind of a, even though it's in Alexandria, it's a little bit more of a neutral court. Uh, the court just won on, uh, won the conference tournament on uh, uh, last week. So uh, it'll be interesting, but, the, but don't look past that Missouri Baptist team. I mean, uh, they're big and, and they're going to have to slow down uh, uh, Shreveport. Shreveport will, will try to make a play a little faster. Um, but but Shreveport also only dressed seven guys in that uh, in that Red River Athletic Conference tournament, and, and and I think that this is a we saw it with Loyola a little. Bit. Loyola had a tournament or had the uh, the talent last year, um, but they were only playing about seven guys, and they kind of got tired when they got when they got to Kansas City and, and wore out. And I thought they were a team that that were certainly enough with Zach Wright and Miles Burns that could have won a national title last year. Um, and you just wonder with Shreveport, you know, if 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 they only have seven guys still, if if they can make that deep run um you know it's a little bit easier with the way the structure of the tournament is now with two games then you have a week off and then you gotta you know obviously then you're, you're in kansas city playing uh basically back to back to back nice uh, you know shreveport is, is one that this missouri baptist team you know if they can slow them down they have the size inside have to play well but uh, uh then looking at the other side uh you know person in alexandria and uh, uh this usa usa you know they have the guard play that can certainly make a deep, deep run, and uh, uh, you know it's it's one of those where Shreveport. Well, we've seen that uh, this year already too. So, um, and I believe that'll be for the third time. Uh, so, 
Uh, and I believe they split on the year too. So, you know, round three uh, here between those two teams, uh, looking ahead a little bit, it would be fun. But um, one one matchup in the first round I'm really looking forward to is this IU South Bend, uh, Kansas Wesleyan game. I, I think uh, I want to tell me at IU South Bend, uh, you know, I have that veteran leadership and in, in, in that guard play, but uh, Kansas Wesleyan has a team that certainly matches up well with IU South Bend and uh, being in Park City, Kansas, you know, I, I would expect that they'll have a little bit of fan base there. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested in that first round matchup. Yeah. And that South Bend team, like you said, is experienced. They had a bunch of seniors come back. He's the fifth year. They've got Miles Trace on the inside who, who really is kind of a, a skilled big man. He's not going to bang on the low post, but he'll, you know, kind of play in the pick and roll. He'll catch lobs. He's, he's ultra athletic. He's a dynamic big, um, and they, when they score, they score in bunches. The South Bend team. And if you're Kansas Wesleyan, you gotta be, you know, have an answer to their punch because when it can go six zero, it can go eight zero, it can go twelve zero, and then boom, at the blink of an eye, it's kind of out of control. And so, but you know, they're a team that can go cold at, at, in spurts too, where you know Sergio Diaz on the perimeter maybe isn't hitting his shots, and Allen is maybe a little bit loose with it. So, yeah, an intriguing matchup there, but kind of like IU Northwest when when South Bend is on, they're on. And they've been really good all year long. They've been pretty consistent for the most part. So um, we'll see what kind of maturity, what kind of, you know, they were obviously a team that was here last year, a team that got to taste the national tournament. So they've been here before. They know what to expect. Um, and as we've said throughout this podcast, that's something that you want coming into this tournament. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Certainly, yeah, get them an upset uh, win even over uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan team in that second round. Well, too. yeah, but, I think that's a, a really intriguing second round match. Yeah, if we get that. This South Bend team, if they can get by Kansas Wesleyan, I think could you know maybe sneak past Oklahoma Wesleyan too. Yeah, and that'll be an interesting one too, a projected matchup. But uh, uh, you know, it's a couple of teams we haven't talked about. Uh, you know, the SAGU team uh, uh, just won the the SAC tournament without. Uh, uh, one of their best players, Nicholas Mason, uh, you know, so you, you wonder if he'll get back healthy. He hasn't played since I think February 7th. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get him back or not, but uh, it's such a long and tall team. You know, as you look at the round of talent, I mean, they have uh, two first teamers, uh, two, two former first round or first team all Americans and a, and a former uh, third team all American all on one roster. And um, you know, while they haven't been healthy all year long, you know, and they, they, I know they had some COVID issues and, and different things go on. Uh, this Sagu team that made a deep run last year that uh, certainly have the talent to do it again. And, um, you know, they're going up against the Central Methodist team that uh, out of the heart that, uh, um, you know, it'll be a, be an interesting matchup uh, uh, with that one. I think Jonathan Brown is, is an elite scorer, um, six, four kid. Uh, uh, they can certainly go off for 30 or 40. So uh, they'll have to slow him down a little bit, but I, I like Sagu's length. They're, they're really good. And then, uh, Montana Tech, you know, we in Mac U is an interesting matchup too. You know, this Mac U team, uh, uh, the team that that you know started off the the zero and six in the in the uh, Senior Athletic Conference, uh, uh, mostly because of COVID issues and stuff too. They were rolling out uh, different guys and different lineups almost every night. Um, you know, so they got hot a little bit late in the year and and uh, were able to find their way in uh, to the tournament. They they uh, you know neutral court, but uh, they're going to be more regional than the Montana Tech. But they're going to have to slow down uh, uh, Sindhu Diallo and, and company. And I think Sindhu is a, is one of those other guards that um, can really put a team on a back and carry a, a long, long ways in this tournament. So, and we, we've seen these frontier teams do it. I mean, we we talked about Carroll all year long, and 
Um, on Team Tech, yeah, I just knocked them off in the in the conference tournament. Uh, another one of those games that was a little bit, uh, uh, you know, had some had a had some controversy to it, but uh, uh, nonetheless, I mean, this Montana Tech teams had a, had a great great year, and, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in Kansas City. And I sure, certainly wouldn't be surprised uh, to see them maybe even make a, a, a you know quarterfinal or, or Fab Four run here, and um, you know, looking at some potential matchups, I think that Montana Tech Sagu team or matchup could be really really fun to watch, and then. You know, you certainly can't count out this Thomas Moore team. Uh, right, the five, uh, you know, the six five, you know, really forward. But you know, he, he, they play a small ball lineup a little bit, and then they have six seven uh, Reed Dolly on the outside. Um, you know, so they have some tough matches for teams. Just tough to to scout and they what they run and uh, you know, they're, they play one together and, and they can hit you with some back door, uh, especially when they're shooting threes. Uh, you know, this Thomas Moore team's a, a team that. Uh, you know, I, to me, I think they're the favorite out of this list in bracket. Uh, no, no disrespect to Oklahoma Wesleyan or anything, but uh, uh, I thought this Thomas Moore team was playing some of the best basketball in the country. They're down the stretch, and them losing in that championship game to Georgetown uh, hasn't changed my mind on that. I think you bring up a good point about Montana Tech, where this is a team, right, that maybe wasn't number one, you know, in the standings throughout the course of the year, but a team that just won that, you know, but has been good, right, and a team that just won their league tournament and now has some momentum, right? And so now maybe their win streak starts, right? And now their hot streak starts, and they start rolling, and they start finding the rhythm, and, and somehow that magic just carries them through this whole thing, right? Those are the teams that I think maybe are most dangerous, where you think about a team, no offense to IU Kokomo, that's won 17 in a row, right? Maybe, maybe they might be due for a loss, right? So you think about a team like Montana Tech, or, or you know, I don't even know another good example where, they are, you know, st- they're just hitting their stride now, right? And it's all about getting hot at the right time, the old cliche, right? Just getting hot at the right time and kind of going game by game and carrying that with you. Last year, the defending national champions, uh, uh, they lost a single game uh, the entire second semester. You know, it's the 129 straight, I believe, to end the year. So, um, you know, you look for, I mean, the hottest teams uh, coming into the uh, into the uh, tournament right now, uh, William Penn's got uh, 19 straight wins. You got uh all of the nazarene uh, with 18 straight wins and then you got uh, a kokomo team like i said with 17 straight wins which you know two of the hottest teams in the country may may end up fighting off in around here but uh um certainly a lot of teams you know even loyal with 15 straight wins and and uh um a little bit of a crazy season for them not just you know with their home scheduling early because uh, of the hurricane but uh, even uh COVID rescheduling games, you know, they played a, a crap load of them and, and Talladega both play a lot of uh, games in February uh, down the stretch. So, um, you know, scheduling matters. And it's going to be interesting to see as, as you get through. And we talked about uh, uh, matchups matter as well, you know, and, and uh, uh, being able to play your tempo is important and forcing teams to play your tempo if it's different than what you are. So out of the Naismith, I'll take Loyola. I think that's a, a... – Obviously a chop, but but fair pick. I also like William Penn out of the top bracket there. No offense to Talladega, my friends, all year long. Um, out of the bottom here in the Kramer quadrant, I like St. Francis. I think St. Francis is a team that obviously has national tournament experience. They kind of struggled in the middle of the season, was able to find their rhythm, and I think could maybe surprise some people out of the Kramer quadrant. And then I hope I'm not stealing your pick out of the listing, but I like Sagu. I, I think that's a team there that, that can make a run of this thing. Like we said, that quadrant is really, really wide open. I think they're a team that we could see in the Fab Four. 
picks, but uh, I'm certainly going with Loyola, and, and, and I'll stick with Lloyd Payne with you and those two. I think those two teams have played really well all year long. I'm eager to see, and, and certainly, you know, if Carroll were to win that game and Lloyd Penn made it through, you would get a rematch of, of a Carroll team that, uh, you know, now Lloyd Penn played without Kamari Newman. They're a different team without Kamari Newman, but uh, uh, Carroll whooped up on Lloyd Penn last year in, in Kansas City. So I'm going to stick with Lloyd Penn. I think Loyola is playing, you know, if, if you were – if you were talking about Vegas odds, I think uh, Loyola is, is probably like minus 200 and, and then the rest of the team <laughs> plus money to win uh, a national title. You know, Loyola is a favorite to win it. Um, I, I, we've had them as number one all year long, and even after their loss. Their only loss of the season uh, was without Miles Burns. So uh, they weren't even at full strength. So uh, while they've played some, some tough and close games, uh, uh, I just think that they're a favorite to win it. I, 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 would, I would be shocked if they if weren't uh, in the national title game. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll take Loyola and William Penn up top. The bottom brackets there, I think you're right. I think those are – we talked about them being the, the most open, but uh, um, I'm not going to be as crazy as you, uh, I don't think, uh, as far as seeding-wise goes. I, I'm surprised you didn't take a three-seed after all the three seeds <laughs> you picked in the conference tournament ones, uh, which, which to, just to give a, a shout-out to our conference uh, – our breakdown previews, uh, we were pretty money on, on not just the, the – obviously the favorites win, but – but our uh, our sleeper specials in that uh, in though we had we had a handful. I think we ended up having like eight or nine uh, qualify for the uh, or make all the way to the uh, championship game. So which which in a twenty twenty two you know uh, uh, leagues, uh, uh, I would take that all day every day to to, to have our sleeper specials. I'd go that far. But uh, I'll, I'll take the three seed in the Kramer quadrant, uh, William Jessup. I, I think if they're healthy. Um, they were playing like a top five team all year long until, uh, you know, they, they, down the stretch, uh, uh, Miles Corey went down, uh, the GSAC player of the year and Cash Williams. I think he's, he's really well. And then, and Torrin Storyway, um, a kid they added a break back that uh, was an all league performer for them, uh, last year. Uh, I think that they're not just well coached, but I think they got the guard play and, and the talent and, and they, they play hard. And I think that's, uh, a good recipe uh, for a tournament team. So I'll take them for the three hole. Um, and, and then I, I really like a, uh, I really like this Thomas Moore team. I, I'm probably not going, uh, you know, I'm going kind of chalk, which is not something I like, but a one, one, uh, uh, three and a, and a, and a two is what I'm kind of going here. And I like this Thomas Moore team. I, I think they were playing like a top three team all year, you know, all year long. And, um, you know, they showed that they were beatable uh, when they lost to Georgetown and then the championship game. Uh, but uh, I don't think this Thomas Moore team. I just think that they, not just their 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 uh, their, just how well they play together. And they, you know, and they get great shots. And then Ryan Batiste, such a tough matchup for anybody in the country. Um, I, I would love to see a, a Sagu Thomas Moore matchup. I think, uh, um, you know, you mentioned. I mean, Sagu is so long, and, and they they're so versatile too. I think that they can play some small ball lineups. I mean, there's times where they play. Uh, uh, you know, they move their big wings, six six wings uh, down, and, and play small ball uh, inside, and, and I think they can certainly uh, look to do that uh, here uh, in, in the tournament as well. Um, especially if they match up with a Thomas Moore type team, they can. I think they can match up well. So I would love to see that Sagu Thomas Moore matchup. Uh, I, I think that they're uh, they those two would be my picks out of the, the listing bracket. But uh, since you went with Sagu, I'll. I'll uh, I'll go with Thomas Moore. I think they're uh, they're very deserving of a Fab Four, and then uh, you kind of you kind of picked an upset special, uh, maybe with Sagu or or, or uh, even a St. Francis uh, uh, to to make a Fab Four run. And, and I'll just throw out a team outside the ones I picked. Uh, 
you know, maybe that can, can do something uh, a little special um, from, from an outside of a, a top four uh, seed here. And I think, uh, I think a team that really, really watch out for here uh, with five seed Georgetown. And, and I think that they're, Chris Briggs, like I mentioned when we talked about Naismith Quadrant, is just uh, one of the best head coaches in, in the country. He's, he's won a national championship after national championship and, um, you know, even even lost in a couple of national championship games. But uh, Georgetown can get through Huntington and, you know, and, and obviously through Faulkner on the road. Um, that Loyola Georgetown matchup, uh, you know, if anybody's going to give Loyola some trouble, I, I could definitely see Georgetown being one of those teams uh, uh, to be able to do that. So, uh, I think Grace can really make a run of this thing. I think Frankie Davidson, when he gets hot, he stays hot. I, I think they're a team that can knock off all of that. I think they can make it. I don't know if they'll get by Loyola out of that quadrant, but I think that's a team that can make a run, um, you know, through the first few rounds. So I'll, I'll throw mine out there. Frankie Davidson, I'll stay in the Crossroads League uh, for this year's uh, Trayvon Cruz. I like it. I, I'm going to go with Jalen Scott. I don't know if that's a – that's probably maybe a, a... – a too obvious one, maybe, but uh, certainly Jalen Scott uh, uh, with Bethel. I mean, that's a, that's a team that uh, when they're on a roll and, and they're tough to beat, it's because Jalen Scott's having a big time game. And I think you're going to see a couple of these performances from him. We saw it last year and at, to end the year last year. I think he ended the regular season last year with a triple double, and I think the first round game of the national tournament last year he had double double. He had back to back triple, or sorry, back to back triple doubles. Uh, last year, and and certainly, uh, I think he's a kid that uh, or a guy that to watch for. If we're st- sticking with the Bethel theme here, uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, <laughs> uh, last year Bethel, uh, Indiana with Trevor Cruz, and I'll I'll stick with Bethel, Kansas this year uh, with with Jalen Scott being kind of a a guy that can put his team on the back and, and make a run. And, you know, certainly love uh, uh, love a lot of these guys. I think the you know as we talked about some of the players, even Zach Goodline, uh, uh, you know, the guy that. Uh, uh, it's such a such a tough competitor, you know. You go all the way through list and um, of guys down the li- this list. <coughs> you go all the way down the list with with star potent or star power. I, I think that's you know maybe that we can end on here, Pat. But uh, uh, you know we talked a lot about the players when we we're talking about these teams, but that, that's what the best part about this tournament is. Not just the the great teams that are playing in, in, in any eye at its best, but man, there are so many special performances about to happen. And we don't know who it's going to come from yet. Uh, we're, we're, we know that we're going to have some buzzer beaters and things like that too. But uh, um, just some of these kids that, that, you know, know that their college career is coming to an end and there's going to be some performances that come from nowhere and we're going to love it and it's going to be awesome. Right, yeah. And that's the magic of it, right, where you just got guys you know, I think this this is the biggest stage for them. This might be the last time on this stage that are really looking to leave their legacy, right? And these are teams that, you know, you have some perennial powerhouses, you have some teams that are new to this. And so how that balances, how that weighs out is to be determined. But I think that's a great point where guys are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Guys are, are not going to go down without a fight. And, yeah, that's that's exactly what leads to the magical performances. Our first games uh, – well, all these first round games will be on, on the 11th, but uh, it looks like our first round, our first earliest games uh, could possibly be that 1 p.m. Central time. Um, basically, you're going to have basketball all day long, and it's going to be awesome. Um, some of these are going to overlap, uh, and we'll have some more details. Like I mentioned before, um, we're going to have a uh, – it'll be out uh, before this is released, but uh, if, you, if you're if you listening to this and haven't list, uh, looked at our uh, player breakdown and, and kind of a, we're doing a, a player breakdown by uh, – 
uh, quadrant. So um, I think it's, it'll give you a good glimpse into some of the stars of the, of the tournament. But, uh, uh, but as always, uh, Pat, we will be back uh, for our Kansas City uh, special as, as we get down to the round of 16. Um, so we'll talk again then. But uh, outside of that, uh, looking forward to some great basketball in the NEI National Championships. Uh, this is Pat and Junior signing off.